Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Okay, my love, I have put everything that I offer for free on one page so that we are not doing more work than we have to because why would we do that? Hashtag work smarter, not harder. So livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. You are going to find everything I've created for not only leveling up in your personal life and building a life that you love, but leveling up in your business life and building a business that you love. Okay livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. Love you. Hello, hello, Root of Power fam. We have got Philippa Robinson with us this morning or afternoon or nighttime, depending on when you're listening to this, who is a coach, author, podcaster. She was a lawyer. She's going to talk to us about how she switched out of that. And she went through a mental breakthrough and decided to realign some things in her life. Um, and she works with self-acceptance. She works with self-compassion, which y'all know are some of my favorite topics. So apparently my cat also likes those topics. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. Yeah. So if you will just start by telling us how you got to be where you are. Where I am. Yeah. Good question. Where am I as well? Um, yeah. So I, I, I followed the, the, the normal path at school, um, or normal path here for the UK, you know, get all your, do, do all your exams, go off to university. And I, I went to do a law degree because I didn't know what else to do. So I thought, okay, I'll go and do a law degree. Maybe that will be a, that will lead me into something. And yeah. at, the, at the time I was there in the late 80s, uh, law firms were still going to universities to, you know, some of the bigger universities. Well, th- some universities they would go to and interview people while they mm. were still having their law degree. So basically, by the time I left university, I had a job to go to oh. at a big yeah. London law firm. And I was like, OK, I mean, All right. why I wouldn't I, why wouldn't I? I didn't still yeah. didn't have a desperate calling to do anything else and um there I stayed in the law for 27 years um wow. uh not liking it a lot of the time hating it some of the time and very occasionally thinking it was sort of okay so <laughs> I yeah and I think partly I mean over the years I've always been very uh oh I could do this and I could do that and um but never really no, never really, ha- really having a calling to do something mm. else, just knowing I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Mm. And um, when I had my, as you called it, which is much better, breakthrough <laughs> in 2017, um, I went to therapy and we'll probably get on to why um, in a moment. We, I went to therapy and, you know, after three years of therapy, I, I was changed. Mm. Um, you know, that's what therapy will do for you and that's why I went I wanted ideally to yeah. yeah and um 
I couldn't really do it anymore. Mm. I I went I went back to the firm that I was working for. By then, I wasn't actually a practicing lawyer. I was um, on the management team, and I was the risk and compliance officer, which sounds really boring. I actually quite enjoyed. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. I'm a bit of a nerd like that. Yeah. Uh, but I went to them and said, "Look, you know, as well as doing the risk and compliance, actually." I am the go-to for people who've got, you know, just need to talk like things through. Yeah, need support, yeah. be it career, be it home, be it whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody to talk to. And I would like to make that role more official because I knew uh, the benefit I'd got from talking. I also mm-hmm. totally appreciated how little support I'd had during my life. That was as a result of therapy. And I wanted to be that support for the people I was working for. And they just went, I, we have no idea what you're talking about. We definitely don't oh. need we, we definitely don't need that here. How high are the suicide rates for lawyers? <laughs> well, certainly the addiction levels are very high. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the suicide rates, but, um, you know, it is higher than average. It is high pressure. It is yeah. not. You know, I've worked in all sorts of firms all around the country over the years, big, small, in cities, not so much provincial, but in cities, you know, and never, never really experienced great support. Anyway, when they said no, I I just decided I couldn't stay. I just thought I can't work in a firm that doesn't see the benefit of right. looking after their staff. So right. I left and um, I didn't I left without a plan. I, I I worked for them for six months, six months notice while they found somebody else. In the end, I found them my replacement. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I really thought I really did think that they would come round and they didn't. And wow. I was really gutted. If I'm if I'm completely honest, I was really gutted. And I'd been with them since they started. I'd been with them for all very close when they started. I'd seen them build it up. I really felt part of the family in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realised there was no family, and it was like yeah. you are you are you know dispensable. So off I went. Um, had a little bit of a hard time getting my head around that for two or three months. And then yeah. when then when I knew I had to do something about it, we went into we went into lockdown covid hit and i thought okay now what am i going to do i tentatively had sort of thought about lot jobs in law firms and wasn't getting any bites luckily because mm. actually i might well have gone back to that if i had got bites then and i decided i decided to follow what my heart was telling me for a change rather Ooh, than my yeah. head um you know my head had led me very much along a unhappy path and my heart was As it telling, does. yeah exactly and my heart was telling me that you know people were much more of my thing than i'd realized and mm-hmm. um a lot of people said to me well you know what about coaching because that's kind of I'd always fallen into I know what you had wanted to do yeah yeah and I kind of have always fallen into that role over the Mm -hmm. years people will always come and talk to me Mm -hmm. so I I got a qualification I got a certification uh built a website and um pressed publish thinking now great things will happen and of course it doesn't (laughs) surprise running a business is much harder it is much it's it's probably the hard one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. I've ever done apart from making the decision to go to therapy it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done um let's hope it turns out to be one of the best as well um and yeah therein started my journey two years ago of 
starting a my own business online um mm. and thank god i'd been to therapy because there is nothing like starting your own business to yeah. to trigger all your wounds really yeah but, <laughs> i say that all the time yeah but i am so glad i did it so glad i'm so glad necessary. i'm out of the law yeah. yeah and you know when things are when things are just not for you like you can talk yourself out of moving and adjusting, but that doesn't mean that it makes it right for you. Like I, I tell people like a really good barometer for if you're doing the right thing is how often you have to talk yourself in it. If you are constantly having to justify a decision, mm-hmm. that's the wrong decision. It just is because you wouldn't have to justify it all the time so hard if it were the right decision. Yeah. And if people question your decision and you feel uncomfortable answering it or even feel like you have to justify it, if you can't just sit in it nicely and go, yeah, this is what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. um, then maybe maybe it's the wrong decision maybe you're going about it the wrong way maybe actually they're the wrong examining like and maybe they're the right it's like people don't know how to I call it die on a hill like they don't know how to die on a hill you know what I mean they're not like they don't know how to stand firm in their belief and in their decisions yes so for people like that if people are questioning because they're naturally like not confident in their decisions enough they're like oh maybe i am doing the wrong thing i don't know and it's like oh listen if if you think it's the right thing until somebody questions you that may be a different problem if you're having to justify all that well i stay because da, 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 and nobody even asks you <laughs> like you're just justifying it to yourself all the time yeah uh we may want to examine your decisions how was it So I have been very lucky in that I've never had a job for a long time that was wrong for me. Um, I had to have multiple steps until entrepreneurship because I had to get licensed first. So like I had to work while I was in school, um, jobs that like weren't obviously my ideal job. Um, And I had to like work for like other um, like clinics while I was working on getting fully licensed and those things. And those were, those were actually great jobs. Um, They weren't for me, but they were great. They were very, very helpful and they had their place. Yeah. But I'm not like, I, I was really lucky and like, I didn't spend 17 years in a career that really didn't like. Yeah. So how did you come to terms with that? Because I can imagine there was some thoughts and feelings about like wasted time or, Oh my God, like I could, like you did that, right? You chose to stay for almost 20 years in a job that you didn't like. And what I find is a lot of people, two two thoughts, a lot of people get really, really stressed out about finding their passion. And it's like, okay, yes, we want to do that. But like, you can just do things that you enjoy and ta-da, it leads you to your passion. Yeah. And two, a lot of people also, it, maybe it's just a US thing, but I suspect it may be in, over there as well. Like, in the U.S., a lot of our jobs become our identities. Um, so people are like, well, I have to love my job. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Like, you can like your job. And if it gives you the other things that you want, the money you want, the freedom you want, the vacation time that you want, um, a schedule that you really like, you like the people you work with, like, that can also be enough. So I don't want to sound like you have to love your job or you're wrong, because that's not true. But I think if you, like, 
really hate your job, if you're just like, God, this is soul sucking, there's always another option. <laughs> there is always another option, but I think it's 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 often hard to see it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's where I was. Um, I, I ended up uh, doing law and ended up being a lawyer, uh, partly be- because of growing up in the chaos that I grew up in. I didn't feel safe. And I knew that that really I was I was going to have to look after myself as an adult. Yeah. So um, I went into the law because it, that was sort of the path that was unfolding in front of me. But also mm-hmm. um, so it was easier to stay on it in a way than jump off it. Um, yeah. And. I didn't have a desire to jump off it for anything in particular. And I, you know, unless I did something really bad, I probably had a job for life. Yeah, and and security is important. And security. And I think you're right um, to some extent. uh, You are absolutely right. And to some extent it applies to me that it's also partly identity as well. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't really feel that I had an identity. So Mm -hmm. that was part of my problem when I left my job in 2019 as well, that it was like, Okay. Should who am I now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that actually was the big thing: leaving therapy and um, having worked through all that childhood stuff, and then getting to a point of like leaving my job. It was very much actually who am I now? So working mm-hmm. that out was quite was very tricky. But partly <laughs> what kept me in the law was I only had myself to rely on, um, and to, um, um, you know I couldn't rely on my parents. I'd had a, a string of disastrous relationships because of mm-hmm. my inability to have a proper relationship because of the patterns I'd brought from my childhood. So, yeah. you, you know, it was just me. And I, I, I think I was too, I don't know, is frightened the right word? I was too frightened, possibly it was frightened, to, to look at options. I mean, now I can see there was probably all manner of options. Yeah. But I didn't... Um, I, I wasn't brave enough, I don't think, to take them. And that, I thank you for saying that because that's it, right? Like, I can't tell you how many, I mean, everyone I work with in trauma, bravery is a skill. Mm. Like, courage isn't, or maybe one of them is inherent. Cur- maybe courage is inherent, but bravery is a skill. One of them. But they're both skills, like, To be, thank you, Kitty, to be afraid and to do things anyway is a skill set. Yes. And people beat themselves up for not being able to do it. And I'll put that in quotes, like, because they don't know how. It's literally just a set of skills. And trauma does that. Like, trauma rewires your brain so that you have a much stronger safety response. So you don't, like people who go through trauma, who had childhood abuse, who were in domestic violence relationships or abusive relationships, like they don't do things that take as much courage unless they like, you know, go to therapy, work, you know, work through that. But because the consequences were literally life or death. If every time I stepped out of line, my life was in danger, well, guess what I stopped doing? Exactly. I stopped stepping out of line. If every time I spoke up, I got my ass beat, 
guess what I stopped doing? Exactly. And that's and a you, survival. Yeah. And, you know, growing up in situations like that, I mean, you, you know, I grew up with an alcoholic mother and then all sorts of chaos unfolded. Yeah. Um, you, you don't grow up sort of with that stable like right. stable grounding that you know that you know there are people who are there for you and you can and are encouraging you to take risks in a way small yeah. you know age appropriate risks as you get older um you know to know that you, you, to learn the things that you can do and to mm-hmm. learn that skill of putting yourself um maybe in a uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. and knowing that somebody's got you if you fall but actually yeah. giving it a go I didn't really learn any of that I just sort of got kept my head down until I left right. left home at 18 and then never really went back and right. and so I was then catapulted into the world without yeah. those, without those skills and right. actually the world was quite a scary place at that stage and then I went and threw myself into a high-stress career so right I never really learned any of um, how to have joy, how to mm. um, how to how to take how to how to do things that I enjoy, how to absolute right. how to understand who I am and what makes me tick. I just right. didn't. I just didn't know. Any Which of then that. goes into bigger things like how to make decisions. Yeah, I can tell with literally literally one question if people were listened to as children right immediately and i say what do you want to eat <laughs> well what do i want to try eat? it <laughs> if people don't if they cannot answer that question not if they're like oh you know i'm not really sure if they're like hi i know i don't know what do you i don't know what do you want and i'm like oh okay so the people who can't choose off a menu for like who take to. yeah oh okay interesting they were never listened to never heard so that you never before. learn your voice right yes. so yeah. if you so then you you fast forward that into a few years you don't know how to pick a job no you don't know how to pick a career you don't know how to pick a partner because no. you can't make decisions like what to eat for dinner yes so how are you going to make bigger decisions like what kind of person do I want to date yeah. Yes, Kitty, I hear you. Yes, because when I met my now husband, I was well into my 30s um, and he couldn't believe that I'd never bought a property. You know, owning your own property is like, Mm. you you must do it. Oh, yeah, it's like religion in the US. must get on the property ladder and all that. Um, (laughs) And he couldn't believe, and by then I'd lived in some, uh, like... I'd lived in I'd lived in some places that were up and coming when I was there. And if I'd bought when I'd been lived there, you know, mm. I would have made lots of money said, each yeah. time. And in fact, I hadn't. I just rented all this time. And he, just, he couldn't believe it. And it was never something that was on my radar. I was quite happy yeah. renting so that when I wanted to move on, I could just hand the keys yeah. back and leave um, because I I had series of jobs. It was a bit of a joke, really. I moved job every 18, 24 months, really. Um, because I could, because I found it easy to get a job. So I was yeah. lucky, but I, I was always moving, looking for something else. Mm-hmm. And then in therapy, I learned that mm-hmm. um, the thing I was looking for or the thing I was running away from was me. <laughs> so yeah. I was never going to outrun really? myself. Um, so learning to love myself and mm-hmm. accept everything that had gone before and be very compassionate to myself about all that is what has al- allowed me to now take some risks 
and and do that in a really grounded way yeah. I think what did that practice look like for you like I know you did you said you you did therapy but like in practice what did it look like did it look like you like were you journaling a lot were you um like what were some things that you did that were helpful yeah so um I kind of think of it as in two stages there was the three years that I was actually in therapy so I went to weekly therapy and then there's probably the three years since where I've done mm. a lot of the other stuff so whilst I was actually in therapy um I mean the first thing which was probably the hardest thing really she started she 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 made me think about what is it that I like doing so she said to me so you know what do you like that doing for your people. what do you like doing for yourself and you're like I don't and know. I was like what what like I, you know I was the ultimate people pleaser of course I was mm. it's it's completely um r- logical given my upbringing that I right. would have been a people pleaser and uh, you know I always used to say as long as the kids are happy my husband's happy my mm. friends are happy I'm happy to just go along is that and, a lie yeah well that's such a lie. You it, like are happy, but not really. Well, and I think when you don't know what really happy is, it seems like you're happy. Yeah, yeah. You're you're happy point. to go with the flow. Um, but yes, you know, you, you, you I always got put in the role of the organizer and I always used to organize everything. And actually I was quite resentful about that. Like, why why can't somebody else do it for once? <laughs> so yeah, so the first thing was I had to learn to do things that like what what you know what did I enjoy doing what did I want what did I need mm-hmm. and learn to make sure I got those things um and that was I, that was really hard yeah. um but uh, little by little by doing like you know going okay I'm going to do this today actually the world didn't stop turning and <laughs> you know every, every, you know my world didn't come crashing down around right. my ears and in fact I was much happier and mm. the ripple effect is that everybody around me became much happier yeah. um, because the, the atmosphere just gradually, you know, at home became much calmer because it certainly yeah. wasn't calm before I ended up in therapy, which is why I ended mm. up up there anyway, because I was just suppressing my feelings for so many years. Yeah. You know, you know, we all know now that you can't suppress it forever and it, it comes out and the volcano erupted. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you make that point. Um, so I actually just launched a course for people pleasers and oh. everything you're saying is exactly why I did it. Yep. Because it, again, it is a set of skills that like people literally don't know. Mm-hmm. But when you carry that inner turmoil, like it's so, heavy and you don't even realize until you start getting some per like some distance perspective how much pressure how much stress how much chaos how much animosity how much resentment it puts into your relationships because you may be like well as long as everyone's happy I'm happy but then you're mad the whole time trying to make everyone else happy and it's like and then it's this never ending cycle because you think when they're happy, I'll be happy. When they're happy, I'll be happy. But people's happiness shifts all the time. So you're constantly shifting and it's like so exhausting. 
absolutely. The number of yeah. times I've said to everybody, I'm spending all my time doing all this for you lot. And you, 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 you know, you haven't even got the good grace to be happy about it. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that really didn't register with me until I went to therapy yeah. and realized that I am putting my happiness in everybody else's hands. Right, right. I'm, I'm manipulating them, really. I yeah. am. I am True. saying to them, I want you to be, I'm going to do all this for you. And I want you to behave in a certain way that yep. makes me feel good about doing all this. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That I mean, I didn't know it was manipulation at the time, no, but I can totally don't. see that it is yeah. now. And people um, don't, right? And when you when you don't have your needs met in a healthy way, you find a way to get them met. Like that is just a, the adaptability of humans. Yep. But humans are very creative little gremlins with those things. So so we healed all that, and it sounds like a rising tide lifts all boats. So, like, everyone around you also became happier, and, like, it just puts so much less pressure on relationships, which is beautiful. And so what are some of the things that you, like, discovered that you like? Apparently lawyering, not one of them. <laughs> so we got rid of that one. <laughs> lawyering is definitely uh, not one of them. You're absolutely right. Um I I never really thought of myself as a people person, mm. but realize I really I I I am. Um I discovered also like once I you know I feel like it's like scraping away the layer of the the childhood trauma. Not yeah. that it not that it ever totally goes That's away. A good analogy. But you know, scraping that layer, it's kind of like who am I underneath? Mm. And I did one of the things I discovered about myself is that I'm I'm an HSP. I'm a highly sensitive person. And I realized that my experience of like the world, when I, I often wondered why I react differently to some people in situations. Mm. And I thought that I was perhaps broken in some way. Mm. Um which was why I would either be much more upset about things or I'd feel things more deeply or I'd be more um uh, bothered by loud noises and horrible mm. smells and all, all of these things um i actually realized that that's because i am literally having a different experience i'm taking more information in i'm taking it in more deeply mm-hmm. um and that really helped me it really helped me understand that i am actually having a different experience so i'm not expecting everybody then to understand what i'm talking about also it made me realize that um that's partly what makes me a good coach because Mm. i i can feel energy in yeah in my clients and i can work out when we're on the right path i can sort of help them see work out for themselves what's blocking them Mm -hmm. and you know so that has helped me really love what I do as well mm-hmm. the other thing I've, re- I've really discovered I like writing um I used to be as well I was good at maths at school and got pushed down the math route but um mm-hmm. actually I do remember enjoying English and writing as well and last year I wrote a book so oh, really? I, I wrote yeah when I left therapy I decided I wanted to write a book write it all oh, down yeah. um I was going to write a self-help type book but Mm -hmm. the book coach I worked with encouraged me to write my whole story um because she persuaded me there was you know there there was uh there was 
oh, I can't even think of the word. You know, it, it was worth it. It was worth writing it because it might help other people. Yeah. So, so I really like the phrase. Um, your journey will become somebody else's roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and a few people who've read. Yeah, a few people who've read. You know, uh, people have read it and said, you know, actually they can really. While their story might be very different, they can resonate with a lot that I, I say. So I really enjoy doing that. So I'm now I now write more. I write regularly. I write articles that I publish on nice. Medium. Yeah. So I really like uh, writing. So I try and take make sure I've got time uh, to do that. I have a podcast as well, and I, I, I really like doing that I like talking yeah 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 you just get to talk to people who you like if you do interviews you just get like you and I would never have connected without podcasting no no, absolutely and I've connected with so many wonderful people uh since yeah since doing um the the podcast which is great and then now guesting on other people's podcasts so you know here with you thank you and um the other thing I really am into at the moment is um is swimming but cold water swimming so um like in the ocean yeah yeah okay yeah um which is quite cold here (laughs) so it's so it's the benefit I love being in the water I remember you know I was a real water baby when I was a kid Mm. my inner child has a field day when we go in the ocean um but also it's really quite cold and the whole the benefits from yeah. from being in cold water so oh, um it. yeah I'm I'm really enjoying that and um what was that read, and... um oh sorry go ahead no go on oh I was gonna ask if you read Blue Mind by Wallace Nichols I haven't oh you would love it it's so good so he so for down. anyone who's interested it uh he digs into the biology and psychology of why humans and how our brains respond to water ah. and it is fascinating like fascinating so he talks about how our brains are wired for water why that happens how our brain responds he digs into like studies with like stress and trauma and like water therapies like it is just it is a very very good book if you are interested at all in that i will i was reading it and i was like i'm gonna buy a beach house and run retreats yeah (laughs) oh excellent yes life dream yeah yeah me too me too that would be my dream to live by the sea um I don't, yeah. but there is there is water close enough that I can get in it anyway, even if it's not like beautiful. But you know, all yeah. the good time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, and the other thing that I now find sort of happened quite naturally is is finding the joy in those everyday little moments. Mm. So not waiting for the big moments, mm-hmm. making sure that my day, um, making sure I'm available actually to to witness those moments of joy we love that 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 arrive and that could just be you know uh, you know a really good cup of coffee or mm-hmm. um you know watching my dog having a great time when we're out mm-hmm. for a, a walk the sun on my, on my face um yeah i, don't I know. actually find that 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 is one of the biggest uh secrets hacks levers maybe like that's one of the biggest levers you can pull is to just notice the things that already exist that are wonderful. Like, I can't tell you, I have a cat and a dog. I also live on a farm, so we have a lot of other animals too. Um, That the amount of times a day where I look at my cat and I'm just like, you're so cute, I could die. 
And like our goats get out every day because they're gremlins. Yeah. Um, and I could like be pissed off about it every day or I could just laugh and be like, go home. <laughs> you know where you're going. Like, here we go again. So I can yeah. like, that's a choice, right? Like you yes. can choose to be in wonder all the time at your life, or you can choose to focus on the things that annoy you. But why would you do that when the other option is so much like it feels so much better to not be angry all the time? I, I totally agree with you. And maybe you have to be angry all the time to then appreciate maybe maybe not being. Oh, but, why? Well, <laughs> why? Appreciation is a choice. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, it, it you know, it's about, you know, it's a similar thing to think when you know, people have a tendency to concentrate on what they haven't got mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, appreciating what right. they have got. And it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? But noticing those everyday little moments is what has totally changed my life. Yeah. And that is like such a, all of the things are simple, but not all of them are easy. Like that's a very yes. simple thing to just look around and go, what's good? Like we have birds, right? So we live on a farm and we have, I freaking love birds. I think they are the funniest things to watch. And I get to watch birds all day long. And we have turkeys who are like ridiculous. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever like really interacted with turkeys. They're tiny T-Rex. Like nobody can convince me that T-Rex <laughs> were not giant birds. I just, I will die on that hill. Like and so every time they run, they have these like giant quads and they have to like waddle because they're so big. And it is like the funniest thing to me. And I'm just like, this is the best thing. Like, I just get to laugh at my silly animals all day long and do work I love. And it's like that process, once you get it, is very simple. Like the process to doing things you love, to being happy, to being in really fulfilling relationships is very, very simple. Doesn't make it easy, but the process is quite simple. And once people get it, mm -hmm. which I'm sure in your coaching is the same thing, right? You end up teaching the same processes over and over and the yeah. process is simple. And once people get that traction, it's like, oh my gosh, they're running and everything gets so much better. Yeah. It, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's the blocks and the story they're bringing with them that sort mm. of you know that's yeah. that's the beginning bit isn't it and then you, you know as you say when you get running with the well this is how life can be and if this is what you want this is kind of yeah. this is what you do sort of thing um, yeah, like and it all looks do different you love, don't do shit you don't exactly <laughs> like, that process is simple but it's very hard to implement it is you're absolutely right and it looks different for everybody of course yes but as you say, the general principle or the general process is the same. But achieving it is where you need some support at times to kind of stick to it. I agree. I really think like whether people get it in a podcast or like, you know, in a book or in a coach or in a therapist, like it's so much easier when someone is like, hey, here's how to do this. It's like I'm not going to build my first house without hiring a contractor. I could, I guess, but it wouldn't be a very good house. Like it would suck. It would probably, I would build the world. It would be the worst house. Okay. So like, I'm going to hire a professional and it just makes life so much easier because not necessarily that it's like, I had this process. You should do this process. 
That's not what good coaches should not do that. But it's, hey, here's the framework. Here's the structure. Fill in your personal, individual needs, wants, likes, whatever, but fit them in this framework. It's like, like when you have tomatoes that grow on a trellis. Well, that's how they're supposed to grow. Like they need that structure to grow. But if you don't have that, the tomatoes don't grow very well. Listen to me like a garden. I've never grown tomatoes, but I know they need a trellis. Uh, you said like an expert then. I know. I, I sound very knowledgeable about tomatoes. You do? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but I know they need a trellis. So like without that structure, they can't grow appropriately. And that is what ideally coaching or like if you're a business owner, a con- uh consultant yeah that's the word like a consultant provides is the structure so you can grow in your own way but you have this structure to grow on so yeah that ended up being a pretty good analogy yeah it did yeah i like that you should work that this one. morning <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, i'm tired as hell but here we are okay well maybe that's the secret doing maybe that's just, the secret, yeah. yeah recording early yeah your girl did not sleep well last night but say la vie yes here we are partying so when you work with people do you do one-on-one do you have a course do you run a group like how how do you like to run it well I'm still you know in the early days I'm still doing a bit of this and a bit of that so I you know I've done I think what most people do is start off doing a one-off I mean, yes, you know, working one to one, I will happily, I would happily do one off sessions and then realize, soon realized I didn't enjoy one off sessions because I, I, well, like the I connection. think they're not helpful. Because, no. like, if I'm going to open a can of worms, I better help you close it. Well, you've got to be very careful, haven't you, what you open. Mm. You can only right. do, you can only work at quite a shallow depth right. if you're only doing a one off session. And that is yeah. not what that, that doesn't right. and then light, light me up. No. So um, I am now in a in a place where I'm doing um, I do do some one to one, but that's that's three months minimum, Mm -hmm. ideally longer than that. But with uh, most of my clients, they've already had therapy. So they're coming to me having had therapy, but then want to look forward and want to. Yeah. want, Want something different. Yeah, I think coaching is a great step down from therapy Mm. because they are different. Like therapy is the deep end of the pool and coaching is the shallow end of the pool. So like you need you need both. Like really after therapy, I find it's very helpful for people to step into coaching to say like, okay, so all that is clear. Now what? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I part trained as a counsellor and then decided not to carry on with that because mm-hmm. I realised I didn't want to be down in the deep end all the time. I actually, <laughs> yeah. I think where my skills lie is is helping yeah. people sort of move forward after they've done all that deep work. So um, I what I really love doing is a course that I run online. And, um, you, you know, I have women who join me from all over the place. And, uh, you know, we have set things that we look at each week and uh, it's a 12 week thing and that's actually my favorite thing to nice. to do i'm starting doing some in-person workshops a little bit around cool. where i live uh just because i like that you know, I, I, I do so like being exciting. in the room with people give me a room full of people any day mm. they are so fun as long as they're not boring you know sometimes you- <laughs> i tell everyone if i'm teaching in front of a group i'm like this is way more fun for you and for me if you interact, if not, it's just very awkward. Yes. So I'm like, 
please interact with me. <laughs> and I usually get a pretty good group. And I, I tend to bring my dog. So she breaks the ice really well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. That's good. Uh, good tip. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, people um, love the dogs. Yeah, of course they do. And I'm also um, facilitating some HSPs, actually, um, which I really enjoy because they're a sort of completely different bunch of people to work with. So, yeah, I'm kind of doing a bit of this and a bit of that, um, which actually suits me. But it's cool because you get to do what you want, right? Yeah, and I get bored quite easily. Mm. I think that's the hallmark of many entrepreneurs is it's like, "Eh, I'm bored now. Like I was just talking. So I do therapy full time and then I do the online courses and the podcasting. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I've been mulling around wanting to do a uh, biscuit shop, not like biscuits, like cookies, like you guys do biscuits, like, um, like the Southern biscuits. Right. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a different name for them. I don't know. Don't know. I'm not sure I know what they are. Um, so they're big. I'm not going to repeat the word biscuit. Again. <laughs> so <they're laughs> big. I'm like, they're like a big fluffy biscuit. You're like, what is that, Amanda? Um, so it's a fluffy. If you imagine like a cupcake consistency, yes, but flakier. So it's mm-hmm. like a very flaky. You'll have to Google it, but yeah, well, Google like Southern biscuit, and okay. um, it will definitely come up for you. So anyway, I have wanted to do like a biscuits, uh, biscuit shop for a while, and I was talking to my sister about it, and I was like. I'm currently, I'm not like bored with therapy. I love what I do, but my brain follows fun. Yes. Like that's just how I like go through life. Um, And I'm like, it would be so fun to do this like biscuit shop. So I have like a running list of names that are all ridiculous and I'm excited about them. But it's nice when you do your own thing, when you find your North Star, mm. you get to just follow it and then ta-da, you're living your purpose Mm. because your life is always aligned with whatever your North star is. If it's helping people, if it's providing for your family, if it's travel, if it's fun, if it's um, giving back, like whatever your North star is, if you're just making decisions in alignment with that, your whole life is now a life of purpose, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, yes, I completely agree with you. And you said earlier, actually, that there is this sort of like, um, oh, I must find my purpose. And yeah. um, like, I think that, that and I don't think anybody finds their purpose out of the pressure of I mm-hmm. must find my purpose. I think it's like you say, you try if you know, if you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to try a bit of this and try a bit, try this and try that and experience this and maybe volunteer at this and try things out. You'll go, oh, OK, I really like that or I like that about that and I like mm-hmm. that about that. So my ideal job is actually something that gives me a, a bit of all of this and and actually not everybody finds their ideal job but like you say 100% sometimes the job is just to earn money so that you get yeah. to live your your ideal life away from your job yeah and i i think the idea that like you have to love your job is very toxic and i've yeah. seen it be really toxic for people yeah. like and it doesn't like it literally just you don't have to love your job i mean you no. ideally shouldn't hate your job but like there's also and there's a phrase I use all the time, like there's nothing wrong with biding time. So if you have to be in a job that you hate for now, while you work towards a job that you like or a business that you like or whatever, there's nothing wrong with biding time. 
do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. But as long as like the next step brings you closer, great. Yeah. And even if you don't know what it's bringing you closer to, uh, it's it's I I, I, I think it's tough when you get when you're in a job that you don't particularly like, you don't know where it's leading to and you get stuck there and feel like you can't get out. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty miserable place to be. So, yeah, yeah, I would always say, how can you get out? Just get out. Just do something different. Yeah. Especially now with like, listen, employees have some of the most bargaining power now that they have Mm -hmm. ever had. Ever. I'm like, go work fast food for $15 an hour. Okay. If that's what you have to do. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, okay, go do that. Do literally anything else that also pays your bills. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. I love that. How do people find you? So um, I have a podcast called Meeting of Minds. That's a good place to listen to what I'm about. Um, if anybody's interested, I mainly talk about all the things that I've learned over the last five years because I was to- totally clueless until then. Uh, <laughs> and I have a website if anybody wants to check me out. It's uh, safeandsupported.co.uk. Um, yeah, it's a good um, name. Yeah, thank you. Well, those, those you. safe and supported mean a lot to me. So hence yeah. the but yeah, there's a contact button on there. I'd love people to get in touch if they just want to say hi, that they heard me on here, and that would be great. Yeah. So if people forget everything that we said. Yeah. And they only remember this next thing you're going to say. Yeah. What would it be? I think it has to be it's never too late. It's never too late to make a change. It's never too late to live a life that makes your heart and soul sing. Damn, that was good. Thanks. That was good. I like it. It's never too late. Ah, Philippa, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.